Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is taken from the reading we just heard in the book of Ephesians. We begin with the word of prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path to guide us through this dark and sinful world. Lord, you have called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light, and so we pray this day again, O Lord, that your light would shine upon us so that we would be guided according to your word. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. St. Paul writes, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What do you think of when you hear those words? What kind of images come to your mind, or experiences perhaps come to your mind when you hear those words? I was thinking about it this week, and I was beginning to wonder, who, how would a guy uh, like Jairus hear those words? How would Jairus' daughter hear those words? Now, you may not know who Jairus is, but if you go back into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, you will encounter this gentleman, Jairus. Jairus is a man who was a very influential Jewish person in the synagogue uh, back in Jesus' day, and he was familiar with Jesus. Well, one day, Jairus' daughter became very sick. And so Jairus decided that he would go find Jesus and have him come to his house and heal his daughter. And so as he does this, he finds Jesus, and Jesus agrees to go, and they're making their way back to Jairus' house. And they run into all kinds of things along the way that kind of delay their arrival. Well, as they're almost to the house, Jairus is greeted by a number of his servants. And they say to him, it's pointless to talk to the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. There's no point in having Jesus come to the house at all now. Jesus, ignoring this advice, looks at Jairus and says, Fear not, just believe. He continues on his way. As he arrives at the house of Jairus, he is greeted by all sorts of people who are mourning and weeping and wailing over the death of this dear child. And he looks at all of these people, this is what he says. He says, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child's not dead but sleeping. And they mock Jesus. They laugh at Jesus. They put him down. They're like, you've got to be out of your mind. We know what a dead person looks like, and that's a dead person right there. How can you say that she's only sleeping? So they mocked Jesus until he went into the room, until the light of Christ entered into the darkness of death. And there Jesus took that dead girl by the hand, and he said to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. And she did. And she started walking around. And I love it. If you read this in Mark's Gospel, Mark says, uh, she started walking around because she was 12 years old. And that's what 12-year-old girls do, I guess. They walk around. So she gets up and she starts walking around. And Jesus then quickly commands that they give her something to eat because here's the thing about dead people. They don't eat. So she has raised her back to life. He demands that she eats food, and she walks, and she eats, and it's this whole joyful celebration. And so I wonder, how would she hear these words from St. Paul today? How would Jairus hear these words from St. Paul today? Because they knew what it was like to have Jesus' light enter into the darkness. They knew how it changed everything. They knew how he looked at death, which we render so final, and rendered it temporary. In this account, what we actually read is literally the light of Christ entering into the darkness, showing us what the light has come to do to the darkness, what his life has come to do to death. And that is to overwhelm us. 
is why you and I can stand in the room with a loved one who is dying. And we know that when they have faith in Jesus and they're baptized into his name, we can look upon that person and know that though they die, yet they will arise, that they are merely entering into a blessed sleep from whence they will arise and the light of Christ will shine on them. We know in the light of Christ that death is not the end, but one step closer to the resurrection. So I have to believe that when Jairus and his daughter, if they ever heard these verses read, they would probably hear it like this. They'd hear it. And then they'd get a big smile on their face and they'd wink at each other. And then they would just laugh for joy. It's a joyful thing to think about. Life overwhelming death. Life overwhelming darkness. And it's good news uh, for you and I to hear this sort of thing today. Because the scriptures are very clear, and it's going to sound kind of funny to say it this way, but this is how St. Paul says it. This is good news for us because, as it turns out, you have died. They don't feel like it. No, no, speaking scripturally, we have died. In the light of baptism, we hear this truth about ourselves. That we have died with Christ and we have been raised to a new life. That is now already you live currently as you here in the light of Christ's love. Spiritually speaking, apart from Jesus Christ, you are as dead as Jairus' daughter was on that bed. You are in the dark. St. Paul says it this way today. You were darkened. But then in the water of your baptism, the Lord Jesus Christ came to you and he took you by the hand and he said, Dear child, I say to you, arise, and you did. And now, says St. Paul, you are light in the Lord. At one time you were darkness, but now, now you are light in the Lord. You have now currently been given the new life in Jesus. What happened to that girl in reality is what has happened to us spiritually. For you who are baptized, the light has overcome the darkness. Life has overcome the grave, and you have already begun to live eternally in Christ Jesus. Sure, you may die, but yet you will live. And your life is now lived in light of this truth. In the light of the truth that death is not the end. You no longer have to live that way. Your eyes are no longer clouded by death, for Christ has taken that away from you. In the light of Christ, helps you to see everything clearly. It helps you to see everything differently. To live in the light of Christ's love is to see the truth that your sins are forgiven and eternal life is yours. That you have received the saving work of Jesus Christ. So that now, as you live in the light of Christ, His light now guides you through this world as you make your way to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. His, his word for us now, His light for us now, is a lamp to our feet, as we just sang, and as a, it is a light to our path. That's what it means to be living in the light of Christ, to have His resurrection promises guiding us throughout our entire lives. There's another part of it, too, that I need us to think about to live in the light of Christ is also to recognize that there is still darkness all around us. To live in Christ's light is to recognize that there is sin and darkness still lurking around every corner, still tempting us and trying to draw us back into that which leads to death. And so we need the light of Christ's love. We need the light of His Word to guide us and direct us through this world lest we go off the path and we veer back into the darkness. It's kind of like this. Think about life like this. 
If you've ever been to a home where there are children, if you live in a home where there are children, and those children own a particular brand of toy known as the Legos. You've heard of the Legos before? You've heard of these things? If you live in that house, you know that it is to your peril if you decide that one day you would like to walk around barefoot in the dark. You know what will happen to you. You will step on those Legos, they will stab into your foot, and they will cause all kind of pain and agony to rise through your body until all kinds of sinful things come out of your mouth. That's what happens when you walk around in the dark. You're going to navigate your way through the Legos. You need to turn on the lights. I don't care what time it is. Like if they're fast asleep, if you're walking in the room, you're turning on the light. I know what you're saying, Pastor. You could also wear shoes. That's not my illustration. Forget it. Turn on the light. All right? So you can see the danger that lies in front of you. So you can navigate your way around it. This is what the light of God's Word does for us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus. It shows us sin. It exposes the sin and temptations in the world and guides us so that we can make our way safely through this world. If you didn't listen uh, too closely, it's worth going home and rereading the Proverbs text uh, that Andy read this morning. Because there in Proverbs it talks about the wisdom that gives us direction in this life. That wisdom is the light of God's Word. St. Paul says it this way today. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as wise, excuse me, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. The days are yet evil, and the works of death and sin are all around. The darkness is looming, and it is always inviting. But now Christ has come and turned on the lights, and he's exposed all of that sin and evil. He's shown us that that is the path to death. But he's also promised you that you're no longer bound for that. And so in this life, you can stand against it, rebuke it, expose it, call a thing what it is, as Luther would say. Let evil be evil. See, it so, seems like so obvious to say it this way, and yet we live in a day and age where the darkness is really clouding everything. And we're no longer calling good, good, and evil, evil. But in our days, good is evil, and evil is good. We're living in evil days where right is considered wrong and wrong is considered right. Up is down, male is female, and truth is being confused for lies. You are enticed in this world, then, to live like you are dying. You say, you can't figure any of this out anyways. Everything is so confusing. So just have a good time, because eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow you die, so what's the point anyhow? The Ephesian people were very familiar with this sort of mentality. In fact, they lived in, uh, in, in uh, well, they lived in Ephesus. That's where the Ephesians are from. Uh, they lived in Ephesus, and there in Ephesus, they had a huge temple. I believe it was the largest temple in the ancient world uh, dedicated to the goddess Artemis. And following this goddess Artemis was a very strong fertility cult, which means uh, that in worship for Artemis, there would be all kinds of immoral uh, and self-indulging practices going on. She was a goddess who inspired sexual immorality and self-indulgence. She was the sort of goddess who would inspire everything you are entertained by on your evening television show. 
all the sort of stuff you follow and that the, the online stuff tells you is okay. He was the sort of goddess who would say something like this. Live for yourself. Indulge your desires. Serve your own will. Live for today. You only have one life to live, so live like you are dying. The light of Christ comes along and exposes all of this as hopeless, selfish, and sinful. Jesus never says to you, live like you are dying. No, Jesus is the God who walks into Jairus' daughter's room, takes her by the hand, and says, hey, dead girl, live. I say to you, arise. As Christians, we can live our lives, and we can almost say it this way, we die like we are living. We know we will be forever. We get up and we walk around in the light. We don't eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die hopelessly. We eat and drink the body and blood of Christ and proclaim the Lord's death in hope until he comes to raise us to be with him for eternal life. So this is why Paul says to us today, don't have anything to do with sin. Don't have anything to do with those things that would draw you back into the darkness of death. Stand firm against it and trust the promises of Christ. Finally, pursue love for your neighbor, not indulgence for yourself. And that's really what life in the light looks like. Trusting in the promises of Christ, pursuing love for your neighbor. Pursuing love even for those who are burdened and broken by the dark, even those who are bound for death. Notice what Jesus did. Jesus shined his light on Jairus' daughter in her moment, in her time of death, as it were, and gave her life. And now in your baptism, he shined his light on you, and you are called to reflect that light, to go out into the darkness, shining the light of Jesus, bearing his torch and bringing the good news, running headlong into the darkness, not in order to embrace its sinful actions, but to proclaim the victory of Christ over it by announcing his death and resurrection for sinners and then loving your neighbor, serving them, sacrificing for them. This is Christ has done for you. See, this is the light of Christ. He has risen from the grave. He has forgiven all your sins. And he has conquered your death. You are no longer bound to sin and death. You are no longer bound to the darkness. You were darkness, but now, because of Christ, because he grabbed your hand and said to you, Arise, you are living. The light of Christ shines on you. So awake, O sleepers, and rise from the dead. And Christ will and Christ does shine on you. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks that the light of your Son, Jesus, shines upon us. The good news of your gospel shines into our ears so that we know death is conquered and our sins are forgiven. Make us then, Lord, to be bold and living, to get up and walk into the lives of our loved ones, sacrificing for them, loving them, and serving them faithfully. Lord God, let your will be done for us in all things. Guide us by your light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.